And now, from the Room 111 Studios, it's the Retired Teacher Coach Podcast with James Sternovic. Hey there, listener. Welcome back to the Retired Teacher Coach Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. The problem addressed in this episode is compound. You have this fear of missing out, which in popular vernacular is the acronym FOMO. But you're also afraid to try things. So it's compound. You have a fear of missing out, but you're afraid to try things. Now, this fear may be age-based, ability-based, embarrassment-based, or fear of failure. Regardless of the reason, something is holding you back. So hopefully this episode will give you some mojo. My brother-in-law's brother-in-law is Anthony Morales from Beaumont, Texas. He's 67. He's a former Marine. He's a friendly guy. He's a family favorite, and he's an extreme athlete. He's run countless marathons, ultra marathons. He loves adventure. He has an incredible pain threshold, and I can attest to that. I've always admired him. I've always admired this guy. About a year ago, I was perusing one of his Facebook posts. He was recounting a recent adventure. There were images of him dirty and fatigued, doing something darned impressive. In many of those posts, he's surrounded by fellow adventurers who look young and fit and supportive. I thought, I need to be more like Tony. I need to go on an awesome adventure. I want to meet and bond with like-minded people. So I reached out to Tony. I quipped that I would love to join him on one of his endeavors. I had a classic case of FOMO, the adventure, the mastery, the camaraderie. I wanted that. In September of 2021, Tony called me and invited me on an epic fitness challenge with six of his friends. The rim-to-rim-to-rim hike in the Grand Canyon is 42 miles long. There's 11,000 feet of climbing involved. You start on the South Rim, you walk down the South Kaibab Trail to the Colorado River, and then you climb 6,000 feet up the North Kaibab Trail to the North Rim. Then you reverse course and end up back where you started. Tony, however, was proposing doing this nonstop, which is unusual. Most rim-to-rim-to-rim hikers take a break at the halfway point. You know, they, once they get to the North Rim, they, they sleep for a little while before they turn around and head back. But that's not for Tony and his band of brothers. They're going to do the whole thing nonstop. So Tony floated this idea, and I vacillated for a day, just vacillated. But then I decided I was going to do it. And then a couple of days later, I bought the plane tickets. <laughs> that was my Hernando Cortez burning the ship's moment. There was no turning back. I'd spent the money, so now I had to actually do this thing. So during the last part of September and the first part of October, I just walked. I mean, I put in incredible amounts of miles. I just walked and walked and walked some more. But I wasn't confident that my training was adequately preparing me. 
I was very anxious about this fitness challenge. On Sunday morning, October 16, 2021, at 5 a.m., six Texans and one Ohioan, ranging in age from 36 to 67, started walking down the South Kaibab Trail. At 10 a.m. the next day, Monday, I finished what I started 29 hours and 42 miles earlier. On the episode page, there is a link to my Facebook post, and it has wonderful images and, and gives you some more details. So please go over to my episode page and check that out. But there are more characters to this story. After I posted my accomplishment on Facebook, I noticed that an old friend, Marie Miller Bird, and a new friend, Sue Markovich, enthusiastically commented on my post and then mentioned that they too had done the rim to rim to rim hike. <laughs> this podcast was faded from that moment. In this episode, Marie and Sue talk about their fascinating motivations for this epic quest. We also discuss our experiences during the hike and how this effort impacted us. These women have a wonderful story to tell. I help retired educators make awesome health and lifestyle choices. My name is James Sturdivant. I taught high school for 34 years. I'm over 60, I'm in great shape, and I feel fantastic. I would love for you to take my coaching on a free 21-day test drive. Just navigate over to the retiredteachercoach.com and sign up. It's time for you to reclaim your vitality. So here I am in the Room 111 studios, and it's December 13th. And I'm looking right at the weather icon on my computer, which says 46 degrees and not a cloud in the sky in Columbus, Ohio on December 13th. That's virtually unheard of. (laughs) And so what I have is I have two guests who got so fed up with how cloudy it was in central Ohio that they left. (laughs) (laughs) that's true okay i'm gonna ask these two fine ladies to say hello marie miller dash bird say hello hello and 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 you're a buckeye you're an expatriate and you got the heck out of dodge didn't you i did yeah i moved to denver (laughs) almost three years ago okay perfect so that now i'm one for one now sue markovich say hello hello there Sue Markovich, ex-Buckeye, got out of Dodge, didn't you? I did as well. Nineteen. <laughs> and so you live in Mesa? I live in Mesa, Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Okay. Oh, very good. Okay, now, I did not look at Mesa, Arizona. I did look at Denver, Colorado. And Marie, mm. you got like 50s, kind of partly cloudy today, right? Oh, I'm staring at bright blue skies. Well, there you go. I thought I, I thought I could outdo you, but... But no. And then, Sue, it's probably really sunny there, too. Typical winter day, 72 and sunshine. Dang. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I was so excited to tell you guys it was 46 and sunny here, but I don't feel as good about it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you should. That's Ohio. Come on, come on. That is good. Well, it's going to be pretty nasty for the next three months. I don't, I don't blame you for, for getting out of Dodge. Congratulations. Okay. 
I'm so excited to talk about this subject that I'm just going to shut up and get to it. But before I do that, I, I got to lay a little groundwork. I got to introduce my audience to you guys. So I ask everybody this ridiculous question. I'm going to start out with Marie. How would you describe yourself on a dating app? This sounds like a parlor game or something like that. <laughs> I think it is a game or yeah. it could be a game, you know. Um, so uh, this is a true story, actually. Um, I met my husband on a dating app. Well, there you go. So apparently my profile worked really well, right? Um, but yeah, I, I met him the year that Sue and I were training for the rim to rim. So um, my profile app would be kind of a three three prong approach is, is the way I think about it is um, someone to do epic adventures with and someone to travel the globe for music and festivals and someone to share a two dollar taco or a twenty dollar cocktail with. Oh, I like that last part. I mean, I mean, the, yeah. the first part was, you know, awesome. But but I imagine that's on a few apps. The last part's really creative. Thank you. Now, Thank you. Did your uh, did your awesome man comment on that last part? Um, we actually, while we were together, we um, were both, you know, we're living in Ohio at the time, uh-huh. and he grew up off of Lake Erie. So we actually just recently had gotten a boat while we were together, or like upgraded his boat, and he named it um, uh, Oh Tacos or Two. That's awesome. because wow. of like our love of, you know. Either going dirt cheap or going super high end. We're, we're both. So that was a great hook. It, it worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Bravo. Uh, Thank you. Know, you. If, if, my, if my lovely wife passes away before I do, I'll have to remember that. <laughs> Not Penny. She's so amazing. She'll outlive me <laughs> big time. She's going to outlive all of us. Yeah. So now talk to the audience. What's our connection? You and me, sister. Go. Um, so our connection, um, I mean, it, it's now a little bit, you know, you don't really want to share this. It, you know, it's a little scandalous at the time, or now it is. But, you know, we always were, we joked about ourselves that we were kind of the Matt and Katie Couric, um, you know. I'd rather, be, would... I'd, I'd rather be Katie Couric than Matt at this point. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I was mad. <laughs> Keep going. I was right. thinking about, I was thinking about this, too, before you started talking. Go. Yeah, but our connection is um, fitness. That's right. And we met doing fitness, and it, we just both happened to be at a training together for um, Body Pump, oh, and wow. we met yeah. there. And That's then right. from there, you and I really just co- really connected simply, and we would um, share the stage and teach group fitness together to always a packed house, always. And you are always Mr. Science and explaining, you know, about why you should add this much more percentage of weight and what this is going to do. And I was always like, just put it on. Just you can go harder. You can lift more. You can go lower. And you're always you are always the science and I was always the motivation. Man, we worked great together. We had chemistry. We had we, we had did. chemistry. I loved teaching class with you, Marie. You were so fun. And I, I really missed that when I Stop doing that and just focused on being a high school teacher. I missed I missed our interactions. Yeah, we always had such a good time. Mm-hmm. Very much. I remember one time, I I a bead of sweat came off my bald head <laughs> between my eyebrows and landed right in your mouth or nose or uh, or eye. Yes, 
context. For context, so people can kind of get how this went. Well, it's I, just like it's just like saline solutions. Probably good for you. Oh, I was doing a bench press. So it's there not we like go. you were like I don't know, like hovering over me. But you were you were trying, you were trying to show people. That doesn't like, sound good. <laughs> I guess I was lurking sorry. above you. <laughs> But yeah, we were doing a bench press and you're trying to be all sciencey about it. And so I'm the demo and you're trying to coach and teach this movement. And you like, you like lean down over top of me to like, you know, grab the bar for me or something and sweat just dripped right onto my face. My apologies. Thanks, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) It was a, it was a, it was a light moment. It was. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, just quickly. What you doing to keep yourself occupied in Colorado besides just enjoying oh. the heck out of Colorado? All the adventures. Um, yeah. So when I left Ohio, I stopped um, coaching and, you know, running a personal training business. So mm-hmm. kind of got out of that for a little while. I actually just finished up um, my massage therapy license. So wow. I am able to do that, but I, it's not really where I want to be. It was more something just to fill my brain with a little bit more knowledge. Um, while we're going through this pandemic, you know, I just, my brain isn't good at being idle. So I needed to learn. Um, so this was a great opportunity and there's a great school here. Um, and I really enjoyed going through that program. I'm not sure if I'm going to be using it and how I'm going to be moving forward with that, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I'm actually getting back into group fitness and I'm getting recertified actually in one of the Les Mills programs at the end of January. So I might actually be getting back into group fitness again. I'm really excited. Oh, you need to be back up there on stage. You're you're great. I feel it. All right. Thank you. I feel good about where you are, Marie. Love you, miss you, but I feel wonderful about what you're doing with yourself. Well, thank you. All right, Sue, it's your turn, man. Okay. You're on the dating app. Go. (laughs) Well, I actually had to look up my dating app to see what I had on there. (laughs) It's not active right now, but I I took the first sentence, and it said, looking for music, hiking, and kindness, someone Uh who shares my core philosophy of peace, love, and adventure. Very good. Very good, man. You guys guys got some great profiles. Huh. Thank you. You know, I, I'm I'm so old that you know I used to like actually walk up to people and talk to them. I just couldn't imagine <laughs> finding someone online. But it does make sense. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's everybody knows why you're there, and you're all right. Enough of that. Yes. Okay, what's our connection, you and me? I met you through Marie. She introduced us, and we chatted a little about coaching and hit it off. So here we are, friends, and doing a podcast. That's right. That's right. And now, why'd you move out to uh, Arizona? I'd been coming out here hiking for several years, and I was just ready to make it my home and make Ohio the place I visited. So I, I just was really ready for a new chapter in my life. It's easy to get a plane ticket to visit Ohio. It is. <laughs> it's easy to get a yes. U-Haul to go back to Ohio. That, that's wonderful. Now, you're a coach, and you're, and you're still a coach. Talk about that. Well, I struggled for many years. Um, I was a smoker. I was overweight. I was depressed most of my life. I really, really struggled to make a happy life for myself. And then I found fitness. And I couldn't believe the difference it made in my life. It helped me find a new career. It helped me find uh, just health and vitality. And I just love sharing that journey with anyone else who struggles or feels stuck. How in the heck did you quit smoking? 
Well, I always say I immersed in the world of, of quitting smoking. So I, I had a patch on one arm. I had the gum in my cheek. I had a support group. I mean, I had tried a hundred times. So finally, I just did everything all at once mm-hmm. and ate, ate ice cream whenever I needed it to get through the craving. And so that created a whole new thing. But <laughs> at, at least I wasn't addicted to nicotine anymore. <laughs> you were addicted to dairy. <laughs> <laughs> I got addicted to ice cream, yes. So that actually led to, you know, I was already a, a bit overweight, but then after that 30 pounds, I, I really didn't feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. But I had made it through a year as a non-smoker, and I decided, okay, enough is enough. I don't need to eat this ice cream. Every time I feel something uncomfortable, there yeah. must be another way. So yeah. I actually hired a trainer, was very blown away at how I felt from an empowerment standpoint, and from there, as that weight started coming off and I started spending time at high banks, uh, hiking became yeah. part of me, and yeah. here I am. That's awesome. That's wonderful. That's a great story. And I like to tell people that I smoked for the first 11 years of my life. Hmm. And people say, what are you talking about? My Your mom parents. and dad both smoked, yeah. and they drove around in the winter with the windows rolled up in the car. Mm. It was awful. Mm. So – uh that was one vice that kind of passed me by. I had no interest in. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm fortunate. All right. So this is what I, this is how I'm going to segue into this portion of the program. I always like to challenge my guests to talk about a problem, not really, what motiva- a motivation, a problem, something prompted you to act. Now, Sue, when you were talking about smoking, you know, uh, what was the, what was like that your moment? Well, actually you probably had many of them if you tried to quit many times, but think of the first time. Okay, go. I was uh, diagnosed with stage four kidney disease Uh and I just knew I lived a very unhealthy life and smoking was part of that. Eating junk food was part of that. Eating fast food was part of that. Drinking too much was part of that. And I just, I think it's, scared me straight. I have a serious, you know, disorder and I'm 36 years old. What am I going to do about that? And I'm so thankful there's a part inside of me that goes, oh, hell no, I am not going down from this. I'm going to fight this all the way. Mm -hmm. Boy, that probably is very, that experience is incredibly valuable in working with others, I'll bet. Absolutely. Excellent. Now, I love that story. And it does set us up because something motivated us, all three of us, to take this rather absurd hike called the Rim to Rim to Rim. And I'm going to tell my story last, <laughs> but I'm going to put you guys on the spot first. In other words, it, it was it was filling some desire. It, it was solving some problem. Marie, go. I'm actually going to volley that over to Sue. <laughs> she... She needs yeah. to go first for okay. you to understand why I did it. Yeah. No problem. So as I was going through my uh, empowerment change in my life when I was about 40, I started hiking out west. And it started with a simple hike in St. George, Utah, and it grew to bigger hikes. And I met some friends around Columbus that were hikers as well. And we started traveling out here to Arizona and Utah to do some exploring. Well, we decided to do uh, Grand Canyon, South Kaibab Trail to Phantom Ranch, spend Mm -hmm. the night, and then Mm -hmm. hike up Bright Angel. And that was in 2012. 
and we flew out there and did that and it was it was great i i was hooked on the canyon and that experience led us to decide to do rim to rim to rim which i did with them a year later in 2013 um, at the end of that hike, the following day, one of the people that was with us on the hike raked me over the coals for ruining their experience because I was slower going up the North Kaibab oh, Trail. Geez. And so, you know, I started to cry, I called my best friend. She said, that's ridiculous. You know, you just did an epic thing, but it didn't feel epic to me because of that. Yeah. And it was hard to come home feeling the, the, the empowerment, the accomplishment that I wanted to feel from it, even though I did rim to rim to rim, uh, I came home feeling very bad. So a few years went by, I turned 50. I started doing some more epic things without those people. That was a a choice I made. No more Mm -hmm. um, adventures with them. One of them was to do a half marathon every month for my 50th year. Mm -hmm. And Marie started joining me on those. And we started calling them board meetings. And we were out on those Uh trails around Columbus, Ohio, so frequently. Well, it was during those, that was 2015, that, I mean, we would just talk and talk and talk. And I think I was still trying to process the pain of the 2013 experience. And I honestly, maybe she can fill this in. I don't remember if I said, will you hike it with me? I want to do it again. Or if she said, you need to do it again. (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) But all I know is about a year before we did it, we decided let's go hike the rim to rim to rim. And I told her, I just need to do it again and have it be the positive experience it's supposed to be. Fascinating. That is a wonderful, (laughs) that's an incredible story. Wow. I feel I feel bad that you had that initial experience because it ain't easy. You should have been celebrating. Well, yes, true. And I did my own celebration, but at the same time, it wasn't as a group. And I always had that little voice in the back of my head saying, you did it, but you didn't do it well. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so it had to be, yeah. So it had to be someone I trusted so radically that I knew one, because those folks, they kind of left me behind in the canyon on the way up Bright Angel. <clears throat> they just left me on my mm-hmm. own to finish. Um, so I knew I had to go with someone who wouldn't leave me. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to finish together. And that no matter what I encountered, they would uh, still show love and kindness and nothing else. So Marie was that person. Oh, that's a great story. Marie, you got to segue. You got to join in here. Talk to us, man. Yeah, the um, the moment when we decided to do this is completely unclear. I have no idea. I don't remember <laughs> when when we decided either. Uh, we just all of a sudden, I know that we finished that year of her half marathons, and we turn that right around and say, "Well, we're already halfway there. We might as well just keep going and keep training." So then, the rest of that spring and summer. Um, we really focused on making a plan on how to get the correct mileage in so that we could successfully finish. That was our goal was to be able to finish um, without drama. <laughs> yeah, without being traumatized again. So yeah. so that was really what um, I think, Sue, that's where it came from was we're like, well, we already been doing, you know, a half marathon yeah. a month and already have our mileage here. We might as well just keep ramping up our mileage to where we were doing, you know, in Ohio, doing these back-to-back 18-milers, like Saturday and Sunday or Friday, Saturday, (laughs) and all the hills we could possibly get with our pack full. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. 
you know, Jim, it's hard to train when you're in Ohio yeah, for something is. that has such different elevation change. No kidding. So this, you know, like I'm hearing you guys talk and, and, and this was to this was to solve a trauma ultimately. Yes. That's really interesting. And it worked, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> you wouldn't be like on here talking thousand, right now. <laughs> like a thousand times more than I ever could have, have hoped for. Ah, it's not great. just redeemed the first hike, but it was this incredible experience that lives on a movie screen in my head all the time. I yeah, love it. Absolutely. I love it. Maria, is there anything you want to add before I tell you my little problem uh, uh, motivation thing? Yeah, you know, I think um, when we got to this, I didn't know anything about the Grand Canyon. So it was a lot like the way that I met you, Jim, was, you know, the group fitness manager said to me, hey, we need to bring in this new program. Do you want to go get certified? And I mm-hmm. easily put my hand up in the air and go, sure, I'll do it. What is it? Right. And then same thing with Sue. Hey, you know, what do you think? Do you do you want to do this with me? And I put my hand up. and I'm like, sure, absolutely. I'll do it. How far is it? that's true oh man but it's really it's it to me like she said it's this epic movie that just plays on and and it's not something that i try to um, compare other things to but at the same time in the back of my mind i go i can't wait to share that with someone else perfect how old are you marie 46 46 well this ain't easy for a 46 year old is it it'll take the starch out of you won't it it would it it takes the it makes you so humble so fast oh man okay here's my motivation so i'm 60 turned 60 in march and never ran a marathon in my life never had no never had any interest in running a marathon (laughs) none and uh i have this brother-in-law who has a brother-in-law so this is my brother-in-law, brother-in-law's brother-in-law, if you can follow that. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy from Texas. He's a little Marine guy, and he's 67 years old. And he just constantly runs marathons and challenges himself to, to do incredible things. So I'm just shooting the bull with him one night. I, th- I think we're, uh, we're having a glass of wine, talking a little bit. And I just said, Tony, his name's Tony Morales. He's from Beaumont, Texas. I said, invite me on one of your, you know, fitness endeavors that will really challenge me. Now, we have a, a, a phrase at my house. It's called vino veritas. <laughs> have you heard about that? Mm-mm. It's Latin for wine truth. Mm-mm. It means like sometimes <laughs> in the midst of drinking wine, you say things you regret. <laughs> so like two weeks later, two weeks later. He contacts me. He goes, are you ready? And I'm like, uh, what did I agree to? You know, what, what did I get myself into? He goes, we're going we're gonna to hike the Grand Canyon. And I thought, man, that sounds actually really neat. I didn't want to run a marathon. Didn't want to do it. And so he, you know, he, he, he proposes this, but I was confused about what he was proposing. And you guys are going to virtually nod your heads right now. I thought we were going to go rim to rim. You know, I thought we were going to start on one side, go to the bottom, go to the other side, which I thought, well, that sounds really hard, but, you know, I'll give it a try. He said, no, we're not doing that. We're going rim to rim to rim. We're going to go down the bottom, 
up to the other side, back down to the bottom, up to the other side. We're going to do it all in one. And boy, I started getting anxious about that. I started getting really anxious about that because of my age, <clears throat> the fact that I'm not a I'm not a marathoner. These guys are. Uh, I was going to go with with seven other people, none of which I knew at all. Most of them were in their 30s and 40s. Uh, and so I got to work. I, I only had a couple weeks to get ready. And so I went to Mohican State Park, which is up by Mansfield. Are either of you familiar with that? Absolutely. And it, it is hilly. I mean, hilly by Ohio standards. And I just, I walked every week from sun up to sundown and focused on those hills. <laughs> now, one thing that I did that was really interesting and really paid off there's a fascinating coach, Marie, this is going to be scientific, that <laughs> that promotes nasal breathing for uh, cardiovascular uh, training. In other words, you want to try to keep your mouth shut. If you, if you don't want to do that, just carry on a vigorous conversation with someone and work on increasing your speed, keeping your mouth closed and breathing through your nose and carrying on a detailed conversation. I did that. There were times when I was talking to myself <laughs> up in Mohican State Park, but I was walking like 12 hours with my mouth shut the whole time. And baby, did that pay off when I got out to the canyon. One thing that you have to factor in that, that you ladies know, but the listeners might not, is I'm like at 900 feet elevation here in Columbus, Ohio. And we're talking about a lot of additional elevation, which also takes its toll on you. So, uh -huh. so the bottom line was, you know, I really debated, should I do this? You know, should I do this? But I came to the conclusion that if I didn't do this, I would really feel like I missed an amazing opportunity. And so I said to hell with it and did it. <laughs> so my big motivation, my problem was this fear that I would be missing out on a great adventure just because I was too chicken to do it. All right. Now, I, I have to ask a couple questions. I want you to talk about your experience during the hike. Give me a story, positive, negative, wherever you want to go with it, man. <laughs> I, okay. Um, I'll start with the ending. Um, I think, I, aside from the whole thing just being just mind-blowingly beautiful, Amazing. like nothing you can ever describe mm -hmm. or see in pictures. Um, so my, my story that I always share with others is we're climbing out of the canyon and it's pitch black, mm -hmm. you know, and so we're constantly just focusing on the light at the top of the canyon because we knew that that was where our finish line was. So we are just looking up, looking up, and it is dark. <laughs> you have your headlamp on, and that's yes. all you can see. And Sue is just constantly telling me where the cliffside is. <laughs> and side, you know, like, Important information. You can get so turned around. You know, you're going back up these switchbacks. And, you know, she's like, all right, canyon on your left, wall on your right. And so we're going up, and I'm behind her. She's in front, leading the way. Tired, 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 trying to finish. And, you know, I start to like, kind of look around and, I look over down to the side of the canyon to kind of like look down and kind of get my bearings a little bit. And as I pan over, my headlight picks up these two 
glowing eyes Ugh. at my eye level <laughs> about five feet from me. Mm. And they were like these oval-shaped eyes staring at me, glowing in my headlamp. I scream, and I like literally am running up right behind Sue. It had to have been like this giant just mountain goat just <laughs> hanging out on the side of the mountain staring at me. All I could mm. make out was like, just like the silhouette of the horns and his oh, eyes and the shape of his face. <gasps> I screamed so loud and ran so fast. Oh my God. I, it was, well, I think it that probably terrified me up. Terrified the beast, hopefully. <laughs> probably do. So it, it, you, were, you didn't see it again, right? No. I bet you that gave you a lot of momentum, though. <laughs> <laughs> it sure did. It lit me up. <laughs> so how far was that from the top? Uh, I don't remember. Sue, do you remember? I would guess somewhere around the three mile rest house. Oh, yeah. That's, that's an awful, so. that's an awful area. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, man. Go, go Sue. Give me a story. Oh, how do you pick one story from a mm-hmm. hundred? Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite ones is around that same time frame after she'd seen the glowing eyes. So now I had that constant feeling of, having to check behind me to make sure no one was following us up the Bright Angel Trail. And at one point, she stops, looks down, and says, hey, come look at this. And I turn around. You know, it's hard to even turn around. You're you're taking one step at a time, and and you don't have good balance at all. So I stop, rotate, turn around, walk back, look down, and there's a tarantula on the trail the size of my hand. I just look at her like, I don't need to see that right now oh my because gosh. if i end up spending the night sleeping on this trail <laughs> i don't need to know what's there oh my gosh and the, yeah the only thing that got me through that last few miles of the bright angel trail after what 45 miles and we had a couple to go was like she said i just got this mantra on repeat yeah big step up because yep. each switchback yep. has a big step up and i'd say if i'd say wall right fall right so if you're gonna fall fall towards the wall because our, my balance was gone yeah. my equilibrium was gone yep. um, and I just didn't want to topple over the edge so that's a pretty distinct memory of wall right fall right big step up uh, two deep breaths and I just had to stay in the moment to get through each of those switchbacks that's awesome that that's incredible I, I have two two stories and, and I think you guys are going to be impressed with me but I, but but I've I've told women that before, and it's backfired. <laughs> <laughs> Self promotion, guys, does not work. <laughs> Let's hear. It. I was too amped up the night before to sleep. Mm. I couldn't sleep. So on top of this damn endless walk, I was awake for forty one hours straight. So you know, I I I couldn't sleep. I, we did it on a Sunday. And I couldn't sleep from Saturday to Sunday night. So I was awake for 41 hours, mm. which was really, wow. which was really, really tough. Now, okay, this is completely non-self-promotional. This is a self-deprecating story. I felt pretty damn good uh, when we got to Ghost Ranch and started going up that north rim. I mean, I was feeling some mojo. And I was thinking, here I am going with these marathoners. And I'm right up front with my mouth shut, breathing through my nose. No problem. I got this. 
So I started going too fast. And I, I, you know, I didn't pace myself. I got a little full of myself. And then when you get to like the Manzanita pump house going up the North mm-hmm. Kaibab when it's just really, really steep, man, I ran out of gas and I was hurting. Mm. And the one thing that's really interesting is I put up a Facebook post, which both of these females uh, commented on. And, what, and and there's a picture of me, a god-awful picture of me, on top of the North Rim, uh, just like plopped down on a bench thinking, this is the halfway point? How in the hell am I going to do this? And I had a, 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 a hike mate who was great to me, and he was just like – uh, he said, Jim, you just got to start moving down here. You're going to feel a lot better. And eventually, you know, that was – I didn't have a choice. I had to start doing it. But I was humbled. I was humbled because going up the North Rim in the flatter areas, I was really feeling like I I got this, no problem. And then uh, going – when things started getting steep, going up that uh, North Kaibab, I quickly learned <laughs> some humility. <laughs> But one thing that was interesting is, is like, we were with a large group, and we came down, uh, back down, and we stopped at Phantom Ranch at 5 in the morning, pitch black, and they all fell asleep. And I said, there's no way in the world I'm stopping at this point. I'm going to keep going. So I went across the bridge, and, and, and just pitch blackness. There was just the brightest stars I've ever seen. And I got up that uh, South Kaibab because there, there was no way I was going to stop. None. Okay, now this is a great prompt. Marie, tell me how you felt at the end. Oh, um, hungry. (laughs) 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 That's hungry, uh, disoriented. um, Yeah. uh, Just you really want to say that you felt like this massive sense of accomplishment, but there's zero fanfare to go with it. (laughs) So you get up there and there's no one to celebrate with you. There's no finish line. There's no medal. There's no nothing. All we wanted to do was find like some food, some real food that wasn't just like something we packed in our, you know, in our backpack. Um, And to just kind of check in with people back at home because you know there's no service in that canyon. Yeah, right. So, right. you know, I just it was it was this really weird sense of um I was kind of frazzled quite truthfully. Like I was I wasn't I've always been that way. I'm not ready to celebrate or like <laughs> really put my hands up in the air until I have a little bit of time to digest what just happened and get me to a place where I feel better. You know what I mean? I was just I was, I was really depleted. I was so not anticipating that answer. <laughs> Because really? I've, I've seen you be pretty celebratory after doing, like, a set of squats. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. But I think when you are in such a vast experience like this, yeah. I mean, there's just no way to go, I, I don't know. I, well, I, just, okay. I couldn't celebrate yet. Let me, let me follow soon. up. Let me follow up. How would you yeah. feel the next day? Amazing. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. That's oh, what I'm just looking for. Stand there. Because we finished in the pitch black, so oh, yeah. you can't look over your shoulder and look at what you just finished because you can't see it. You can't see what you just did. So the next day was definitely that time to really celebrate. And that's to, a good point because I finished in the tears. daytime. I finished in the daytime. That is a very good observation. Yeah, 
we walked back to that canyon rim the next morning um <laughs> and just had tears <laughs> That's that beautiful. We, we accomplished that i love it sue did you yeah come on sue you had to have like a tremendous sense of euphoria at that at the end of that trail i would not describe it as euphoria i i I remember about 10 minutes before we finished, I started getting really choked up because I knew we were almost there because, mm-hmm. you know, you pass through those tunnels on Bright Angel. And so, you know where you are finally. And but when I get choked up, I can't breathe well. And I remember Marie saying, not yet. <laughs> Just a simple not yet. OK, you're right. Breathe. Um, speaking of nasal breathing, she didn't mention what happened to her. I'll let her tell you if she wants to. Um, oh, but, yeah. And, there was no nasal breathing i forgot no nasal breathing for marie but you know it's such a hard it's such an incredible experience to process Mm -hmm. that while you're in it it's almost i think i'm still processing it five years later that's awesome because so much happened but i specifically recall getting to the parking lot at that bright angel trailhead and just seeing those cars sitting there and thinking there's be a marching band for us right now and oh my gosh is anything still open that serves food mm-hmm. um and i can't walk so <laughs> something else is gonna have to you know transpire it, there i did not have a celebration at that point and the pictures we have of us eating the pizza we got oh, that I, that's exactly I what looked, i got <laughs> i got pizza I too drunk. <laughs> I like, I you were looked, <laughs> yeah yeah like my brain was not operating properly yeah yeah that's beautiful. Yeah. I Okay. Let me, um, I'm going to have to back up. I have to share this story. I didn't, I forgot about this part. So um, day two, so we took it into two days. We hiked the, the first day, um, stayed at the North Rim Lodge. I mean, mm-hmm. we slept for maybe five hours yeah. to get back up and get back and get started again. I bet those um, were some hard first steps. Oh, that next it, morning. It, it wasn't so bad. Well, we Marie, I'm going to stop predicting what you're going to say. I'm, I'm just, I'm just striking out like crazy. <laughs> I'll well, shut up. You talk. I'll shut up. You so, talk. Go. So we're we're going down. Um, we get across and we start. We get past the big bridge, which I have a major phobia, so that's uh-huh. really hard for me to get across that bridge every time. Yeah. Um, but we get over there and we're at the pump house, and you know I hadn't didn't have that much experience with being um, in the desert like that this extended period of time. So second day heading back out and we're down and I'm like, I think my nose is running. So, you know, got all my, you know, gear ready to go. And I look down and my nose is gushing blood. I had a bloody nose (laughs) from what pump house was that too? That's the river rest house. It's down at the Colorado okay. River. So we're at the bottom. Yeah. We're at the river. My bloody nose didn't stop until we reached Indian Gardens. Oh, that's a dream. So that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you went up South Kaibab. So this is on Bright Angel. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, that was a good four miles mm-hmm. of bloody nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With gauze. So in the door. <laughs> thumbed up my nose. It wasn't and dark so yet. Was like, I'm like, well, we can't take pictures because here I am with like bloody gauze hanging out of my face. That's wrong. It was, yeah. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so no nose, no nose breathing at all. That was a dry mouth. Wow. You know, one one of the things that happened to me because I was 
actually by myself because the other guys were sleeping. I said, screw it. I'm going up this, I'm going up this canyon. I'm getting done. And, you know, going up South Kaibab, it gets really steep and gets, it gets tough. But I knew I was going to make it. You know, by that point, there's no way in hell I'm not going to make it. But I still had a ways to go. And so I was taking breaks. You know, I was doing some switchbacks, sitting down, getting my breath, doing some switchbacks. And this one wonderful lady, I mean, just total Good Samaritan, <laughs> comes up to me. She goes, are you all right? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just really tired. I, I you know, I didn't want to go into the whole rim to rim. To rim. But she, I, she goes, do I need to call for some help? I said, no, you don't. Believe me, I'm fine. I'm just taking a little break. I thought she was going to call for help. I must have looked like hell. But mm. it, it was just, it was, I, I was so grateful for what she was trying to do and getting so annoyed with her at the same time. <laughs> it's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I just need to sit down for a few minutes. But uh, I, I found the people on the trail were awesome. Like her. I mean, I, I give her all the credit in the world for stopping and asking. And she would have helped me if, if I would have said yes. Oh, I totally forgot jim we met a jim while we were there oh hallelujah there's there, there's not many of us <laughs> <laughs> so let me set the stage it goes like this sue and i get there um the night before we get into our hotel room and we're staying right on bright angel um trail right there and in the lodge and we go out to kind of walk the rim and we're just looking over the rim and you know two girls from ohio like you know we're very conspicuous and this gentleman um, introduces himself, and his name is Jim, and um, he he's like, so, you know, I hear you girls talking. Are you going to go, you know, do the rim tomorrow? And we're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We're doing rim, 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 and we're all excited and tell him about it. And he's like, have you ever done it before? We're like, nope, it's our first time. We're ready. And he's like, well, I do it every Labor Day and have for years. We're like, what? So he does it. Um, and he was like, well, we'll be looking for you. So in the morning we get up, we're on the same tram, um, and we say our goodbyes. He heads on out on his own and we catch up with him at Phantom Ranch at the bottom. He's like, I just want to make sure you girls are all right. Keep going. And he also was staying at the North Room Lodge. So he, uh, waited at dinner for us for like, we were, we were two hours late coming out of the canyon. So he waited and waited. And finally, he left. So we didn't see him that night to check back in. So the next morning, you know, Sue and I are, you know, in our own different worlds of trying to go, are we going to finish this? And, you know, so we're like, all right, let's do this. And we get halfway down the North Rim at like almost Manzanita. And there's Jimmy. He's like, hey, girls, how you doing? Mm -hmm. And where'd you come from? Like, just like came up from behind us and was like, all right. So, um, actually, when we climbed out of the canyon, you ask how it felt. It was, did Jimmy finish? And if he did, where is he? Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, we just kind of wanted to check back into this trail angel who just happened to be there, was constantly looking out for us. Yeah. And we ended up um, finding him when we went to get pizza. So, <laughs> so this, this guy who just does it all on his own, Osu would have to give you details of what he does not hike with because he hikes bare minimum. And um, he's sitting there eating a freaking salad. 
I was yeah. like, how are you eating a salad right now? Do you know what you just did? And so he's just munching on his little salad, like this little, like, billy goat of the kingdom. And, you know, Sue and I were like, pizza. And, yeah, it was there, our, our story of Jimmy. He, he hey, was just this trail angel. My, my trail angel was Brian Bauer. He was the guy that helped me out when I was halfway and I was thinking, how in the hell can I do the rest of this? So yeah, mm. perfect story, man. Hey, I, I love this convo, ladies, but I, I'm going to have to wrap it up here. I'm going to ask you one question. So, so you told this remarkable story about a previous trauma and how this healed that. Yes. And, and, and Marie, you know, you, you obviously wanted to be part of that healing process. That was, that was a big motivation for you, correct? Absolutely. Hey, I, I got one right. <laughs> <laughs> for, for me, it was just like this fear of missing out. You know, man, I'm, I need to do this. I'm going to really regret it if I don't do this. So a lot of people don't let themselves take chances like this. What advice can you give them? It's not advice. I just share my experience, which is if you struggle, I know where you are. If you don't believe in yourself, I understand completely. You know, if you feel like you're too far gone and you've blown it and this life isn't a good life for you, I understand. I felt that way. But then I just experienced a few things that made me come alive. And I recognized in that how life could be. And so I just encourage people to ask themselves, what makes you feel alive? And I don't care what it takes, go do it. I love it. And I'm going to ask you a question. I don't know what your response is going to be. What was harder, quitting smoking or the rim to rim to rim? Interesting question. Um, I tried to quit smoking for like 10 years, so I probably am going to have to say that. That would be my that, that was my guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Marie, you go, man. T- tell me something. Um, I, Talk to him. I'd say, here's the thing. Um, don't have a bucket list. Because when you have a list, you have to check it off. Just go do it. Just I'll, I'll call, <laughs> schedule your hotel, schedule what you're going to do, and just go do it. Just go Forget do it, the baby. bucket list. Light that candle. You know something? Uh, that's kind of that's kind of the way I was with my, hey, take me on a hike sometime. Okay, two days later, let's go and do this. I didn't. I didn't have. Well, I had like a couple weeks to be paranoid about it. But but you're right. I I love it. I love it, man. Hey, listen, you guys have been fantastic. What's going to be your next big freaking deal? <laughs> What's going to be your next thing? What's going to be your next massive accomplishment? Go ahead, Sue. I don't know if I'll ever do rim to rim to rim again, uh, but I will certainly never say never. Okay. But my plan now that I live three and a half hours away is to do some of the other hikes in the Grand Canyon, Plateau Point, um, another rim to rim, just one time across and relax when I get there. But yeah. I also I also want to spend, you know, the next 50 years exploring the West, hiking every hike that I can um, and and just creating a life of adventure that I always wanted but didn't know that until I got here. Perfect. Marie, go. Same. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Hey, hey, ladies, I love you taking the time to talk to me. You've been fantastic guests. I, 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 I consider you both mentors and role models. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. And, and once again, thanks so much. Say goodbye. Thank to, you for say, having us. Yeah, say, say goodbye to my visitors, or my, my visitors, my audience. How's that? <laughs> Bye. Enjoy your hiking. Bye, everybody. Go do it. So here we are at the What You Can Do About It section. And our first job is to restate the problem, like always. So you have this fear of missing out, but you're afraid to try things. So that, that's the compound problem we dealt with in this episode. It's interesting that my, my problem or my motivation for going on the rim-to-rim-to-rim hike was different than Sue's and Marie's. And you can also apply theirs, this concept of, you know, healing a trauma or, or achieving something again for a different type of experience. That's fine. But if you're going with Sturdevant's problem, <laughs> I've got some, I got some things you can do about it here in some bullets, some verbal bullets I'm going to lay on you right now. Now, the first bullet is don't let age hold you back. I, the youngest person on this podcast was Marie at age 46, you know, which isn't that young. Anthony Morales did this hike at age 67. It wasn't easy for him, and I'm not saying that you should do this hike. This hike is really hard, but he did it at 67. So don't let age hold you back. Don't let fear of failure hold you back. Boy, that's the one that I struggled with on this one. But you can absolutely do more than you think. I I was totally unsure that I could complete this hike. But I can tell you that even if I didn't complete this hike, my life would have been incredibly richer. We had a couple guys that were on the hike with us. There was seven total, even though I screwed it up, I think, in the podcast because I said Tony had seven friends. There were seven of us total. Two of the guys did not complete the hike. And they were disappointed, but they were still really happy that they were engaged in the experience. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If there was a warm taxi waiting for me at the North Rim at the halfway point in the cold, uh, it was snowing, uh, exhaustion. I, I was dealing with some nausea. I was like, how in the heck can I be at the halfway point? If there would have been a taxi cab waiting for me, I would have climbed in. So, uh, you know, don't let fear of failure hold you back. But you do have to prepare. I mean, I worked hard to get ready for this hike. So, you know, if you have a fear of failure and you're working up to some great challenge, make sure you work so you can succeed. I mean, that's, that's a given. And then finally, burn your ships, man. I mean, I love that, I love that phrase, burn your ships. I almost called this episode, burn your ships. You need to... Here we go. <laughs> you need to be like Hernando Cortez. Once you decide you're going to do something, you need, you need to do it. You need to buy the plane ticket. You need to tell everyone on social media so you're committed. I don't know. Whatever it is you're going to do to commit yourself to it, go for it. Burn your ships. The bottom line is please don't let self-limitations hold you back. Man, I can't wait to talk to you again. Keep on reclaiming that vitality. Thanks for listening, and please visit us at theretiredteachercoach.com. 
Listen to every episode of the Retired Teacher Coach Podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Goodbye for now.